Hey, housewives, come on in. You know the dirty dishes are still in the sink and the laundry is still in the basket. Pop your AirPods in and make yourself at home here. I'm Tori. I'm Tracy. And we are your Unlikely Housewives. Stepping out in faith and believing that God calls the unlikely, we are here to show you the appreciation and validation you deserve, lead you to authentic relationships, and release you from believing the cultural lies to restore your faith and wellness. Pull up those high-waisted yoga pants, tighten your top knot, and reheat your coffee for the third time today. Turn up the volume and let's go. Housewives. Hey, hey, welcome back. We're so excited for today's episode, y'all. Not <laughs> only, I mean, y'all voted for these guests. So I'm going to go ahead and just say that y'all asked for it. Yep. And these guests are one of a kind. They are our husbands. Very much. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so fun to record with them. But before we tell you any more about that, we're going to read this week's review. Yes. And this one is from Jordan Clapp. She says, speaks to my soul. This podcast is the perfect balance of real life raw, which meets you where you are and mixed with positivity to pick you up. Every episode gives me the boost I need to power through my week with balance and grace. Tori and Tracy are so relatable, easy to listen to, and their transparency is so refreshing. I love their tangible tips and calls to action that reassure me I don't have to be perfect to make an impact and find joy in each season of life. Thank you so much, Jordan, for that review. It's so encouraging to know that you are feeling validated and just ensuring that trust of, hey, you're not alone. Yep. Thank you so much, Jordan. And don't forget that we need some more reviews to read. So be sure to leave a five-star review and some comments on... hard, friends. Just go to Apple. Find our show. Super fast. Super fast. Send us a review. And (laughs) if you screenshot it and tag at Unlikely Housewives of Joko on Instagram or Facebook, we will share it as well. I'll even throw that for you guys. But what do you think, Tracy? We've we've already recorded with the guy, so we had a little. We can tell you about it. It was so fun. It was so good. I I just love how God uses those moments of like just the spontaneity. I mean, this is what you and I do. You know, every week we get behind these microphones and we share, and somehow something comes up that we know was totally from God because that wasn't on the plan. It wasn't on the notes, and we had a lot of those moments, and it was so good today. It was. It was, and. <laughs> We joked because I said that some of the stuff that they shared were where I was like, I'm definitely going to re-listen to it. Like, it, I think it'll be the one episode that I listen to because as you guys know, I don't. I make Tracy listen to these because yep. I don't like the sound I of do my the voice. I do control uh-huh. and listen to all of our episodes prior to release. Yeah, but it was so good because there are... So many similarities, but also so many differences. Yeah. And it was great to hear their perspective on things. I mean, from the us putting them as our saviors and messiahs and what that Mm -hmm. feels like to what did they think when we came to them with, hey, we want to start a podcast and what their uh, interpretation of how we met. (laughs) (laughs) Always different the way a man tells a story and the way a woman tells a story. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And then what was the move like? Because again, you and I did it differently. Mm -hmm. Y'all moved together at the same time. 
Andrew and I spent months apart. And so, and Andrew and I talk about what that looked like for our marriage. And yeah, there was just a lot of things. One in the pandemic, we talk about how hard it was, you know, when they came home and how the homeschooling of the kids and just in life. And we talk about the hardships of that season, but also the things that we gained from it. Right. Absolutely. So I think that this is going to be one of y'all's favorite episodes. You might have to listen to it in two parts. That's okay. Yeah. Please come back. Yes. Finish Uh, the whole thing. You are going to laugh. Y'all are just going to love it. So it's the real and raw marriages from the Stein and Shira family. Like that is so incredible. So you guys enjoy. And without further ado, here's our husband's. Well, we are here with our guest housewives. You guys asked for it. So we're going to go ahead and apologize now before we even get started for anything that may <laughs> may come out in this podcast. But it we could be to our disadvantage. So I don't know. Let's wait and see until the end. Right. <laughs> this may never air. We don't know. So we'll see. <laughs> but uh, these are our better halves. I'll, I'll say that. Yes. The men behind the scenes. Exactly. So welcome, Chris and Andrew. Thanks for being with us today. I- Say it's a pleasure. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Awesome. Well, so we kind of gave them an outline. We gave them a heads up of what we were going to do. So they had an idea. And then we'll throw the curveballs at them later. But what we just kind of wanted to start with was how we met the spouses. So Chris, how did you meet Tracy? Like, what was the beginning of y'all's relationship like? Well, she was a stalker. She definitely stalked me. I did. (laughs) Um, it was, uh, we were both in Chicago, worked for the wonderful enterprise rent a car, great management program. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was working. She came in to actually do an interview with our area manager and that was the first time we met. And she's told everyone, which I don't know that I believe her, but she tells everyone that she called her mom after she left that day and told her mom that she met the man she was going to marry. So that is a true story from that day on. Um, Have we very verified that with the mother? She well, like, she's an old woman. Years though, ago, and, like, she would have to remember things. that. So, okay. so let us know if you remember that phone call. I, I was know. in a cab when I called her because we know Tracy's mama listens to these ex- when they Sorry, yes, I they, when they you want. Old Linda. <laughs> <laughs> Bigger Christmas present right, coming, Linda. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so met officially then, and then at Enterprise we hang out as teams, and so we would go out a lot, and we're at a concert one night, and. After the concert was over, I walked her home and turned out that she lived directly across the street from me. Oh, um, wow. Which we had no idea. And that was not part of my stalking. I became a very I was going to say, wow, you, mo- you moved to live right across right. the street from him. That's a no, little creepy. became a very Stalker. convenient relationship. That was awesome. So, but yeah. And so that's how we met. Very cool. Okay. And then how long did y'all date before you guys got married? One year. Wow. That's... Before we got married or before we got engaged? We were mar- We were dating for a year, engaged for a year. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So two years we were, but that second year, when you're engaged, you're basically married anyway. You're just planning <laughs> for that marriage. That's true. Right. Yeah. Everything's just kind of like, all right, what are we doing? Right. Yeah. Okay. Anything to add to that, Tracy? Did we no, miss out? He, on- no, he did pretty good. I would say. I've memorized that story. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I, I think the only tidbit is that 
whenever, so the sister locations that we had, like if ever I needed to go to that office, I was the first one in the office to raise the hand and be like, I'll go. And we had Saab convertibles and often never forget, like pulling up in front, thinking I was so hot in the Saab convertible and being like, Hey, Chris. <laughs> and that is so not like me, but if only they had foldies at that time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> shameless plug. Shame. <laughs> and we'll put the link in the show notes. <laughs> All right. Now it's your turn. Andrew, what is your story and how you and Tori met? Well, it was a mail order service. Um, (laughs) No. Um, Like every great Christian marriage starts off with, we met at a bar. (laughs) Um, Actually, right across the street from where I used to work, I was a sales manager at the time. I used to always take my team over after Friday or a Tuesday or whatever day there was. And um, Tori was a waitress there. And that was the last time she brought me a beer. But it, yeah, we don't, we're going to keep it clean. Yes. Right? What, clean, what, what, clean what part of that story is not clean? <laughs> I'm trying to change it he for the grandkids. You clearly. Yeah. I left her a note. Oh. There was a mix up on who was paying for the final few beers between okay. myself and another manager. And uh, I left her a note and um, walked the tab. Walked the tab by accident. So I thought the other guy was paying. So <laughs> the note like, included my. He's cheap. <laughs> yeah. Just the, wait. The note included my phone number. Um, and then it turns out, I guess, she was trying to figure out who was going to have to pay for the bill for the, the 20 bucks. <laughs> And uh-huh. her manager said, it's on you. 15 years so, later, you're still paying the bill. Yes, I am. <laughs> and that number seven, six, four. Um, yeah. So she had to pay the bill. So she ended up calling me the next day to say, hey, hey, hope everything went okay. You owe me 20 bucks. Here's my number. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, I said, well, that's great. I'll be more than happy to pay your 20 bucks if you go out on a date with me. Oh, bribery. Yeah. yeah. And she said, I can't do it. I'm writing a paper. And I said, well, I'll help you with that. So she goes, what do you, why would I ask you to help me with a paper? Uh-huh. I said, I can help you with um, all the editing of it. Because I said, well, what gives you that ability? I said, well, my mom was an English teacher. She goes, oh, okay. <laughs> Sold. So, yeah. <laughs> Here yeah. you go. So went on a date. I think she said four words. Maybe. Well, do you want to tell Wait, them what the paper was? Woman of many words. Why oh, only four words? Oh, not, not no. when, not See, when I, I was. I miss those times. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but you also have to tell them what the paper was on. I don't want to turn off some of your listeners, but um, it was on the death penalty. Oh, um, okay. And I said, this was kind of the make or break moment for us living in Texas at the time was, uh, are you for or against it? Yep. And she said, for. I said, all right, we'll go on a date. Then. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, our first date, I was not, I didn't talk at all. And then even to get me to talk after dinner, he's like, well, let's go to Starbucks, trying to get me to talk even more. I thought maybe she was tired so I can give her some caffeine mm-hmm. and that would get her going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so that's how it went. What's your version? Similar? Exactly. I mean, out? yeah, it was. But I remember is I when I called him, I called him the same night because my manager made me pay for the and 20 bucks to a college student is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so I called him, left him that message. And said, hey, I hope you made it home. OK, by the way, you owe me $20. And then he didn't call me for two days because that was a Friday night. And he didn't call me until Sunday. So I'm thinking, oh, my God, he's dead. My life is over. Because- I'm out 20 bucks. <laughs> no, because TABC, which is the Texas Alcohol Beverage Commission, rules that you can actually sue a waiter or waitress for overserving you. And so I'm thinking, oh, my God, his family is going to come after me. This is it. My life, you know, I'm going to have my parents don't have any money. I don't have any money. I He's dead on the side of the road because I haven't heard from him. Dark. And- yeah, exactly. And then he texts me on Sunday and goes, hey, I got my phone back. 
Thanks. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> and yeah. And then we started texting and then that's when I got the date. That's awesome. So, but yeah. We obviously know that part. When did you get married? How long did you date? Uh, We dated for... 14 months and then got engaged? Yeah. Uh-huh. We were engaged for nine months. I had to finish college. Yeah, you were... You wanted to wait for her to turn 21 so she could drink at her own wedding. (laughs) That was also a determining factor. (laughs) So, okay. Now, you guys met in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Wow, that came out with an accent, didn't it? Chicago. (laughs) Chicago. And when you guys decided to move here, this is... Johnson County is where you're from, Chris. So, how is it like to come back now with a wife and four kids? Easy. Because this is a great community for families. Uh, we were in Chicago for, for almost 14 years. 14 years. And so, yeah, I mean, Chicago was fun. It was great time when we were young and in our 20s. Even with the first kid, it was a lot of fun when it started adding more children. Uh, four is a lot to do Chicago. Hmm. Public schools were a fear of mine as we were trying to decide if we were going to make a commitment to Chicago or not. And so I think we always knew that we were going to end up back at one of our hometowns were both family oriented people individually and ending back up in her hometown was more difficult for my uh, I was going to say stance. her, her hometown um, is just a little bit smaller. Right. Than- so, uh, yeah, I, I think that was had a lot to do with the decision and getting back and just having help. And it has been an unbelievable blessing since doing that because the amount of help we actually do need that we didn't realize we need has. Yeah, it takes a village and we've got some awesome People, family, everything here. Friends, all of the above. Okay, so how did you feel, Tracy, when he said, okay, I've got this opportunity to move back to where I'm from? Like Initially, let's go back a few years because obviously we skipped a few parts. We actually almost moved here after like kid two and three, I think. And he had a job offer here and he had a job offer in Chicago to like stay in his company and move up. And I remember being at a conference and getting a phone call from him that said, we're staying in Chicago. And at that point in time, I was ready to leave. But when we made that decision that we were staying, I think I was like, okay, I'm going to be a lifer. I'm going to be a city mom. This is just what we're doing. This is what our life is going to be like. I made my way, like double Bob Stroller packing a kid. Like I just, I figured it out. And I had the best community in our mom's group and our church. And we were really active in our church in Chicago and we absolutely loved it. And so when the option to move here the second time came, I don't think I was as open as the first time. (laughs) I was a little more apprehensive about it. And I think it was because I had rooted so well with the moms and the kids and the neighbors. I mean, we had 45 kids on our block. Anyone had my back. Like, all my kids outside, they'd get hurt. Someone would be taking care of them, you know? And so I really struggled with that starting over. But God showed in every way possible that this was his plan and just how we sold our house and the house we found and all the details of his job, like how everything worked out. We knew this was God orchestrated. So I couldn't say no to that. So it was definitely, you know, being obedient and listening and letting the Holy Spirit lead him to lead our family here. And so obviously got on board, moved here, was super excited about it, (laughs) and then got into a really dark place. I remember just being in the shower crying. And the only thing I could say was, Jesus, just meet me where I am. Like, I couldn't pray. Like, even though I knew 
that this was a good thing. Like I couldn't pray for what I wanted because I didn't know what I wanted. Like it was easy for him. Like he jumped right into the job. He jumped right into just life. And this was community. This was well, like, he knew. Home. I mean, this was home for this him. Was home. So this was this was coming back. This was yeah, and then we've always we've always discussed that at least with Tracy, I don't know how it is with everybody else's marriage, but she needs the relationships more than I do. Mm-hmm. So I rely on her and our kids. Plus, I have my family here. So it all felt comfortable to me. But it, I think she thought that I had all these friends back here when I came back that I just, this was where I went to high school. So this is, oh, yeah. most of my buddies live in other states now. Um, I have friends that are here, but they're not people that I've kept in contact with. Well, and I think part of that is hard for a stay-at-home mom anyways, yes. because mm-hmm. you guys are going off on the daily, you know, for 60, 50, 60 hours a week. And you guys get to have the relationship when the most intelligent conversation we get to have is with our oldest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that, and well, that is typically asking, what do you want for breakfast? And then arguing for 10 minutes. Yes. So. And to get your shoes on and get out the door. Right. right. Um, and I think that was really the kicker. Like, I loved the move. I loved the house part. We had so much fun, you know, figuring out all the details. And how long did home. it take? So from the time that he got the job offer, how, what was the time period? Uh, he got the job offer in April and we moved in July. And so when we moved together, obviously, we all, you know, sold our house, did all that together in Chicago, moved here in July of 2016. And I would say my hardest part actually wasn't until October. It was just that getting the kids back into a routine, you know, finding my own routine. I still obviously had one at home and another one that was half at home because he was in preschool at the time. And just kind of finding my way with that. You know, there's so much unpacking, settling in when you're moved that like you're focused on the house. And once we were in, then it was the quiet. Yeah, because I had a good two to three weeks of just time with her yeah. moving, packing. I mean, we had we had movers pack our whole house. That was part of the relocation package. So, yeah. I mean, we were sitting around drinking wine, watching just movers pack up our stuff. Like, and it really was a so good... So, we made it a vacation. It was a good transition. It wasn't until after the move that that is right. when it became... It settled. Yeah. Okay. Well, you guys have a similar story of moving to Kansas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not from Chicago, but from Dallas. And you guys did it in phases. So, Andrew, tell us your version of this. Yeah. So, I guess I got the job in April of 17. That's when I thought we started talking. You you told me about it. Like, hey, I've got this interview. I already accepted it. Just didn't tell <laughs> you about it. Great. Good to know. Um, wow. From there, I was just convincing you. <laughs> got it. Uh-huh. So, April of 17 is when I officially accepted the job and kind of commuted back and forth a little bit. Really started up here in July full-time. So it was a little bit different because we had, I mean, I'm going to get the ages either three and two or four and two at the time for our daughters. So for about four or five months, just flying back and forth, I would fly up, I'd get picked up by my Uber a little before 4 a.m. on Monday. And then I would either fly home late Thursday night or typically Friday night and did that for, like I said, about four or five months till we officially moved up here in November. Starting a new job, um, I was dedicated spending, you know, a good 50, 60 hours just trying to get to know all the people I worked with. And she ran the home, you know, back in Texas. Um, so the kids were in a little bit of preschool, having to figure out the the relocation stuff herself. It was part of our package. But again, all the details with mm-hmm. packing things up. I mean, this was the second time we moved, though. If you go back a few years, we moved right after we got oh, married. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. Right after we got married, we moved to Baltimore from Dallas. And so we were up there for about a year and a half. So that wasn't our first time to go through it, but it's certainly our first time to go through it with kids. Yeah. It was a pretty stressful time. And to be honest with you, we, our, our marriage was not at a very good place during that time. Nope. Um, you'd have to agree so quickly. <laughs> um, 
but uh, it was not. And it was one of those things that we we learned the first time that we moved to Baltimore, how much it brought us closer together. Because quite honestly, she's, which is fantastic, she's a daddy's girl and she's 22 years old and moving away from the only house that she's ever known. Mm -hmm. um, I was not very popular as a <laughs> husband or as a son-in-law um, for taking their only child. This one can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> he may not admit it, but it's true. Oh, I'll admit it. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blind. Right? <laughs> But even that one, you know, back in the day turned out fantastic. We thought we'd be there a little bit longer. But again, we had a little bit of familiarity with doing it. But again, not, not necessarily with children. But there was also some pretty exciting parts. I, I don't know what it was. I mean, we, we came up here to visit the city. It was 38 and raining the entire time. Every and single time we visited, yeah, it was we raining. Like, hey, this is fantastic. Right? <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't want to come where it's 38 and raining all the time? But I mean, really, it, was a, it truly was a God thing. Because if it was up to us... Uh, we would have stayed there. We would have probably stayed in Dallas because it was comfortable. We had family around. Her family was, her parents were close by. My parents were close by. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it really was, it was a God thing that, I mean, basically said, hey, I, I'm going to use this and I'm going to use this for things that you, you're not, you don't understand yet. Yeah. You're yeah. moving up there because you think this is a better opportunity and a better opportunity to make money and advance your career. Uh, but I'm going to use this move to get you two closer, closer to each other and closer to me. Yeah. And that's that's truly what it's been about. So, you know, I'm going to tell you just a quick story. It, it, you know, we talked about, you know, it's a dangerous time in every man's life. Chris can relate to it's when <laughs> you're going through your life insurance policy. Right. Because um, you want to give them just enough to take care of them. Right. In case something happens, not but not too, too much, much yeah. to encourage them to do something. <laughs> right. So yeah. one of the things when we first moved up here, we were redoing my life insurance. And I said, well, I'm assuming that um, if something happens to me, you're going to want to get back to Dallas, be close to your parents. And she said, no. Not at all. This is home. This is where I want to be, even if something happens. So, at that moment, uh, is when I said, "All right, this is this is where we're supposed to be." So, I think my answer was like, mm, "I don't know." And then he was he was like, "Wait, huh? Are you sure?" Because he like legit. And I said, "Okay, well, maybe let's have enough money so I can move my parents up here. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like, let's get them up here." So, but yeah, no, that one was that one even shocked me coming out of my mouth. So. Well, Tori, you need to shed some light, too, on how challenging it was being back at home. Because I think when a lot of couples do move and that separation happens when, you know, they're trying to get acclimated with their job and they've moved and you're at home and then they come home every weekend. Like, how was that for you and your perspective on the marriage? And I'm going to interrupt just real quick. It actually worked out in our favor. Because we needed that time apart. We needed that time apart to be able to focus on ourselves and focus on really the, the absence makes the heart grow fonder sure. type stuff. Yeah. You know, that it, um, at least for me, I won't speak for you. No, I'll say this because, and you said it already, that we were in a part of our marriage where we were really, really rocky. And I mean, it almost was like a separate, a divorce separation without it being a divorce separation. It gave us like, this is what it would look like, right? Like sure. I'd have the kids during the week, getting them to and from school, doing all of those things. And then on the weekends, then it would be us or, you know, his turn. Either he would fly home or we would meet him in a city. And that was kind of a fun thing, too. Um, we met in Oklahoma City a couple of times. We drove all the way up to Wichita a couple of times. But like it gave us this. No, we really are better together. Mm -hmm. And the kids just I mean, it was hard for them because they missed Eddie, but they were almost so young. It was just daddy's coming home today. Yeah. But. The the life of, I mean, props to single moms out there. I mean, having all of that 
Now, don't get me wrong. When he's away, bedtime is at 730. Okay. <laughs> Mom runs a tight ship. You know, and- he comes in and lets him bounce on beds. And then it's tickle time. And then it's like oh, wrestle yeah. time. And then all of a sudden, you're an hour later. And you're like, what happened? Right. Oh, fun dad jumped in at bedtime. Right. You mean the one where they're like, I don't know why they're so riled up. Like, what happened? <laughs> I'm like, they were seriously tired an hour and a half ago. you doing this whole week. Why are they like this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but it, like you said, it gave us that time apart to see what life would be like without each other. And God just used it to really heal and uh, bring us closer together. Because from the beginning, I always, and I've mentioned it before, I've always, when he got the offer or got the interview, God from the beginning told me, Tori, get ready for Kansas City. Even when it was rocky, like everybody was like, are you sure you're going to go? Yeah. God told me, get ready for Kansas City. And so there was no doubt in my mind that Kansas City was where we needed to be. So... And this isn't even something that we had talked about or was on the agenda, but I think we should talk about it. I think one of the things that in our marriages, we absolutely need to individually, but then together communicate what the Holy Spirit is telling each one of us. And in those conversations, because like we said before, (laughs) when I had that hard time and I was at a conference, I was at a specific conference. And the next class that I went to was letting the Holy Spirit lead your husband and I think that is something that we as women, maybe. Oh, maybe we want me. to be their Holy Spirit. Let's be clear. <laughs> nudge, he, nudge. He only talks to you too. Yeah. <laughs> we, we do forget that a little bit. And so in these seasons, I think that that is just something to bring to attention that we have to listen to those callings that they have because we're absolutely both communicating with the same God. Well, and I think something that, and I know you and I have talked about it, Andrew, about women in Bible studies. We as women sometimes will think that we're spiritually stronger because we get to go and do the weekly Bible study with our friends. We get to have the quiet time after the kids go to school, things like that. Mm-hmm. But our relationship is not their relationship. Yeah. Like God gives us those quiet moments and that ability because for women, relationships are important. So we get to do the Bible studies. And maybe we need more time with Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's because he's like, hey, ladies, I'm going right. to give you this extra time <laughs> you guys so need that you can learn more and get closer to me. But well, I do a lot of praying during sports games. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically Florida State? Yes, okay. exactly. In this past that couple of years, there's a lot of prayer on that one. Yeah, yeah. But then, but we forget that they... They have a different, like God has a different plan and a different relationship with the men because they are supposed to be the spiritual leaders of our house and Mm -hmm. of our families. And so I don't think women in general give them enough credit when we were like, well, I'm in the Bible more than you are. Yeah. That doesn't. We've had those conversations. Yes. We definitely need to. That's why we're good for each other. We remind each other that we're not each other's Holy Spirit. Yeah. (laughs) We haven't won yet. We're not perfect yet. (laughs) None of us are. We're all sinners. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Till he calls us home. Yep. All right. We got to jump ahead to pandemic changes. So for a lot of people... Obviously, the pandemic changed a whole lot of things about two years ago when the world shut down. We're actually approaching the anniversary. Holy moly. No, I think this is today is is the anniversary. Yes, we are recording recording on the day. That at all. Okay, it's, so it's, it's officially National Women's Day, too. International. International. Is there a coincidence? <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny. That oh. is a topic to be discussed. That is another podcast episode. We'll discuss that. Okay, pandemic changes, work, family, everything changes in this moment. 
men come home, women obviously come home too, but in our circle here, you guys both came home and were told you're working from home indefinitely. We were told your children are home indefinitely. And we finished schooling, obviously through March through May. We have our own perspectives and we've shared some of that on our previous podcast. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But since this is for you, Andrew, tell us what that was like for you guys. Well, first off, it wasn't indefinite. It was two weeks. Right? Oh, right. So, oh, that's right. <clears throat> two weeks to flatten, <laughs> flatten the curve. Uh, all that that's stuff, right. right? That's Tori's uh, so long, exasperated I, I, sigh. I remember I remember not even being prepared, right? Because you just come home. It was like, like you're going on vacation for a couple weeks. Bring your uh, laptop home and figure out how to communicate every once in a while. Send emails. And then um, was... Turned out to be a lot longer than, than two weeks. Um, the I, I guess back to the specific question: What was it like for us? Yeah, obviously your marriage. This is the focus, the messes and the blesses. What yeah, was it, it was ooh. <laughs> because if you remember. Our kids were on spring break when yep, we had and just got back. Yeah. We had just gotten back, and they had told us like two weeks. And then you, but you were, you went to work a couple of days before they said, now you're home for two weeks. Cause you basically told me to suck it up, buttercup, when I cried that our children were home. <laughs> there was not a whole lot of compassion. And I think that's a direct quote. <laughs> Passion there. <laughs> he wasn't emotionally available for you. No, during your no. He's pandemic. like, what's the big deal? And then, and then all of a sudden he came home <laughs> and, then, and then he saw the big deal. And then he then saw we all figured out what the big, big deal, deal was. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The hardest part was trying to figure out where to work from. And did you go through that, Chris? With the, it's, the dining room table was my desk and then the kitchen table was my desk. Yeah. And I had then, a couch. I had a couch with a laptop, and yeah. then it all changed when the laptop broke. Move down to the basement. Move up to a different room. Uh-huh. Um, just trying to get some peace and quiet, right? We had to put Daddy out of sight, because yeah. otherwise the children out the, out the window going, Daddy, 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 because mm-hmm. that was the cool thing. But when when did it change for you? Because there was a point like where it was like, I need quiet in the whole house, so I'm on this conference call. And then... Yeah, it, for some reason, I was afraid that somebody would think I was home. Right. But I'm supposed <laughs> but to be home. Right. <laughs> so I just had to, I mean, I just kind of had to let it go a little bit and say, listen, I know everybody else is going through the same thing. Kids in the background, dogs mm-hmm. barking, all that stuff. Um, it's just so unique that time. So it probably took a good month to two months, if not longer, before I finally just said, hey, I mean, what, whatever distractions are in the background, they're, they're just going to be there. Right. Yeah. That's just a part of the life we're living right now. But it was also great. We thought it was going to be kind of scary in the beginning to be so close to each other for so long. I told right. the neighbors not to worry about the six-foot hole I was digging in the backyard. I was just gardening. Yeah. <laughs> and for everybody who knows, who knows Tori's gardening skills. Um, I she, kill the plants, too. Yeah. Kill a cactus once. <laughs> once you got into the routine, though, with the kids, and that was probably the frustrating part, really, was both of us trying to help. And our kids were young. But just trying to get them to focus on doing their schoolwork, that was a big distraction because they were not in the mood. Right. Well, we had when a kindergartner. Home, when they're home, they're home. They're not here to, I get my iPad, right? Or mm-hmm. I get to go watch a show. And there was a lot of lost tempers yeah. between the both of us and um, trying to get our kids to, to fall in line. Well, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that, you know, we were told to not just work from home, but stay home and don't go anywhere, you know? Yeah. And that then just put a whole nother level of pressure on us of like, how do we get the energy out of these kids? How do we get them entertained so that they're not on their iPads or just watching shows overstimulated, cranky, you know, it threw everything off. So we can definitely relate to that. 
<laughs> yeah. For you, Chris, what was it like? I mean, because both of you guys working 50 hours a week away from the house and then all of a sudden, because at some point, too, it switched. It was like, no, 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 you're just going to stay home. Like now you need to produce what you need to produce. Actually do that. You know, it's not just this isn't vacation time anymore. This is get your crap done and still be at home with the family and all the things. I would say for me, for what I do, there wasn't a lot to do during that period of time. I mean, I'm in banking and that just stopped, right? People weren't, we weren't lending money anymore because oh, we were scared true. about our business is going to be in business anymore. All the prospects and the clients that I speak to, they were no longer in the offices anymore. Uh, and so a lot of my efforts were actually done to just maintain a lot of relationships. So a lot of phone calls, a lot of just catching up, but that's limited. So I would say no question, the hardest spot and the piece that just freaked me out was the homeschooling piece. The inability of us to do what teachers do right. is, is a challenge. I, I, I think teachers do an amazing job with our kids and do great things and getting them ready for the next steps. The pressure on a parent to do that with no training. Luckily, Tracy had a little bit of the teacher certification training and, and knowing what to do on the early childhood. We left Parker kind of to his own. Garrett and Ryan. It was, his first, it was the end of his first year of middle school. Right. So he had, thank goodness, he had already been there long enough. So he got the hang of it. But what we didn't know was the systems. Like they use Canvas. They use electronic things. And so it was us as parents having to now learn, how are your assignments coming in? What is this? What is this assignment? How are you submitting them? You know, he had regular Zooms. I mean, the boy had his timers and reminders on his phone for every Zoom that he had to be on. I mean, I counted one time, I think I had 14 Zoom reminders on my phone for my four kids in one day. And they were all going off, of course, at odd times, like 934. Like, really? Like, come on. You know, but those were the things that we were dealing with was managing all the kids, the Zoom so they could check in with their parents. And hey, let's be quiet. Daddy's on a call. Right. So I, and I would say the other thing and probably the biggest challenge and one of the most challenging things that we've ever had as parents was dealing with our youngest daughter going through anxiety issues. Yeah. yeah. Like that was exactly when it all hit. And so that was, this is never going to end having that stress, having, am I going to be employed? Are we going to, a lot of my friends are being laid off. Um, yeah, exactly. They're not needed anymore. I would say more than anything, it wasn't the being home and taking that as an opportunity to be a relaxing time, I think it was, am I going to be employed? How do I keep my job? How do I become important to my firm when there isn't what my normal job is anymore and right. proving that I'm important to the firm? There was a lot of that, I think, but I don't know. As the Steins always do, we take advantage of opportunities and try to make it the best we can. I have very fond memories of during the summer, hanging out outside, having horse competitions with the kids we and basketball tournament. Um, yeah. Out in the, uh, <laughs> out in that empty lot. Yep. I remember that now. Um, just trying to just, I will argue that it will probably be one of the greatest memories that our kids will have to know, Hey, the parents were around. We didn't play on our iPads and video games the whole time we were there. And we made efforts to really try to engage with our kids. Well, I have to bring up too, like in, I want to say the first 10 days when it was official lockdown, the Steins came out in full force and they made a little tour, the bus, the bus, basically in the minivan. And y'all came out and cause that really was a time where we didn't know what we didn't know. Right. I mean, we were all still wiping down our groceries and we're leaving them into the garage. It wasn't six feet either. I think as we greeted everyone, 
but it was like 40 feet. I yeah, know. exactly. Exactly. Except for the families that were like, can we hug you? Well, that and was, was like, yes, you yeah, can hug me. Yeah. Like, I'm ex- going to accept all the hugs. Yeah. Well, so, you know, housewives, what they would do is that they showed up and they called and but they had music blaring from the minivan Amen. and they all had signs that saying we love you and you know like God's got the whole world in his hands, hands and, and all the things all the kids had made all the signs yep. beforehand and so they were all they were just dancing at, on the street like parked on the street and we were <laughs> on our front porch like that's how far away we were from y'all from but i still remember that and yeah. that time hop comes up every once in a while so yeah, it'll come up here in a couple of weeks, I actually. Well. And I, I would say that is probably like one of my most favorite things that we did because it gave the kids the chance to see like you take a hard time and you make it positive. And we were like we had them all tell us their favorite, you know, their closest friends at the time. I think we visited like 10 or 12 houses. And originally the first plan was to just go see grandma and grandpa. Yeah, (laughs) we were going to go do that for them. And then we were like, okay, now we're going here. Now we're going here. And, you know, I think we did it over a couple of days. And of course, there was still. Well, you knew everybody was home. (laughs) I mean, it wasn't like you were dealing with anybody's schedule, too. And that took four hours out of a day trying to figure out what to do with the kids. So (laughs) that was true. That's true. true. (laughs) Well, and I think was that part of our actual spring break? I think that's actually what had happened or it was after because a lot of people's spring breaks were canceled. Right. Included. And so it was, I think, the tail end weekend, maybe uh, before the kids had to go back to online or virtual school or whatever. So, yeah, but it we did. We made the most of it. I think the hardest part for me was I worried about dad on a call and like hush the kids and, you know, just all the schedules because we set up homeschool in the kitchen so I could manage the three together. And then my son was up in his room and Chris was in the dining room. That was his office. So we were all in the same place. And, you know, there was just there was a lot of just that stress and tension. Like I could just feel it. And it's hard. I think that was probably like he's talking about the blessings. We absolutely got a lot out of it. But the hardships was that he and I never got to separate and come down. You know, like, let's be honest. I drank more wine in 2020 in the beginning of 2021 than I needed to. Oh, you're not the only one. (laughs) I mean, I think I learned that's why we're out right now. Okay, that's why they can't find any bottles. (laughs) I stopped that habit. I still enjoy glass wine every now and then, but it's not every day like it used to be. But that became the problem. We couldn't like separate and unwind and find that like spark and fun and date nights. I mean, we had to be creative and we tried but it was hard. I feel like we're just now trying to get out more and be more intentional with dating. But yeah, it was definitely hard. Yeah. Okay, you guys, we had to stop it abruptly because we had to break this episode into two. It's so good. Two parts. It's worth it. I promise you guys. So next week, you are going to hear about our non-traditional jobs and what our husbands think about it and what their initial thoughts were when we said, hey, babe, I want to start a podcast. Yeah, you're also going to hear what my husband really thought about you and I being in a sauna together. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say too, and we're going to talk about which couple do you think is a better marriage team or a better parenting team? So you get to think about that for a week. Yeah. After this first part of the episode, what do you think? Out of these couples, which is a better marriage team, which is a better parenting team. So we cannot wait to share the rest of this with you guys next week. So mark your calendars because next Tuesday, you are not going to want to miss it. Part two coming right up. 
Whether we made you laugh or cry today, we pray you feel appreciated, bolder and braver than yesterday, stronger and more faithful for tomorrow, but living in who you were made to be today. Join our online community on Facebook. Find our link in the show notes. Be sure to review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening. Until next time, housewives, we give you permission to walk confidently, freely, and be intentional in your slippers or stilettos. Episode, The Messes and Blesses of Marriage. 21. Oh, wow. Okay. 14 to catch up on. <laughs> oh, jeez. That would be a blooper. Nope. That's a blooper. That's a blooper, Craig. Mark that.